Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. Seven Sacks of Rice is a new book out by author Nicholas Young. It's a collection of 10 short stories inspired by true stories, somewhat true stories, and stories that you may wish were true. From urban legend to folktale to current events, each story has an actual incident at the heart of it. And joining us now to talk more about this, the author himself, Nicholas Young. Great to have you with us today, Nick, as always. Thanks for having me. Tell us about this book. It uh, Stories you were true, you wish you were true. These are stories about your mother and your grandmother, your family members, right? Uh, well, the titular story is uh, Seven Sacks of Rice. Yeah. That one is about my grandmother. It's part of our family folklore. So, so the gist of it is that in 1950s China, uh, at the time she had no sons, and she bought a boy, a four-year-old boy, for seven sacks of rice. So I grew up my whole life hearing about this uh, uncle. But I never knew that my mother was a key part of this story as well. Uh, I don't want to give too much of the plot away, but it's one of those sliding doors moments Mm. where, you know, either of their lives could have gone in a very different direction. But a decision was made beyond their control, and somehow their fates became intertwined. And it was one of those, like, you know, my mother suddenly mentioned it one day and I was like, wait, what? I never knew this. So I, I started asking her and my aunt, uh, a couple of my aunts had passed on. So I started asking more and more of this story and I realized that, you know, this is fairly incredible. I mean, and in fact, my mother asked me to write a story about it. Mm. And, you know, that was kind of like the catalyst for this collection. So, so the rest of the stories, there's a wide range of genres. There's folklore, urban legend, and of course, I take a lot from my own work as a journalist, mm. you know. Um, so as a true incident at the heart of every story. So some almost completely true. Some I just, I take an incident and I kind of run with it. So there was a report some years back about a coffin that was floating down the Kalang River, right? And then there was a court case. It turned out to be a very mundane reason for it. But then I started thinking, so what if a coffin came floating down the Singapore River? You know, what would that be like? <laughs> so I wrote a whole story out of it. And, you know, is there really something in the coffin? That particular story is called uh, Water Body. Mm. Yeah, so that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I've read your books before. You've got a very evocative style. I read The Seven Sacks of Rice uh, mm. last night. Really enjoyed it. Lots of evocative characters. You mentioned, you know, the Kim Chu, the, uh, the the powerful matriarch of the, I mean, a very intimidating uh, matriarch in the story as she's portrayed in the story. The, the, the dealing she had with the night soil man, I thought was absolutely fascinating. How did, what made you want to, it seems like an obvious question, but paint such evocative characters from that particular time period in Singapore? I'm always interested myself to read historical fiction. And it's great to see yesterday Singapore come alive on the page. Well, uh, Kim Chu, uh, that woman you mentioned, is, is, was my grandmother. Yes. And, you know, we grew up all together. We used to live in Queenstown. And we would go to her, her house when we were young. We went there all the time. Hmm. And my cousins and I, when we think of her, you know, we were very fond of our grandmother. She was always very lovely to us, you know. She would cook for us and she took care of us. But then, you know, there are many different sides to a person, right? So when I start talking to my mother and I realize, you know, there's a lot more to a character and a personality than I realized. And, you know, I talk about her buying a boy. This was something that I didn't realize. It was something that was really, you know, she really, really wanted a baby boy, a mm. son. Uh, you know, being from the Chinese culture. Uh, she came from a time when, you know, mothers-in-law would praise daughters for having sons. They'd give them, 
special treats, you know, mm. like, you know, well done. You've, you've got a boy to carry on the family name. Mm. And this was something that I think really hurt her. So the story that I heard was that when, when my mother was born, she's the youngest daughter, everyone was celebrating, but she went to a room to cry mm. because it wasn't a boy. Yeah. Now, later on, my, my grandmother did have sons, but uh, that's another complicated part of family history. Yes. Mm. And it's a, just to yeah. add, it's a very personable story. Yeah. And it will resonate not just with Chinese readers, I think Asian readers more broadly. You know, the son is obviously prioritized in many cultures, uh, not just the Chinese. So I think it will resonate. Obviously, it had that sliding doors element that you mentioned, a uh, bit of joy, luck, club kind of feels, you know, how you how those little decisions made make or break families for generations. So it was a very harrowing story, but how did you feel writing it, knowing it wasn't just any family, it was your family? You know, uh, as I talked to my mother and my aunt, it's, again, I found a lot of things that I didn't, I didn't, I never knew about my mother and about our family. So as I was writing, of course, I was thinking of my grandmother. She, she passed on like about 20 years ago and I showed it to my cousins as well because it is also their story. And it felt, you know, as, as I wrote it, I, I wasn't sure how to end it. And well, I shouldn't give the ending away. But mm. so my mother suggested something, and yeah, and that was and that was how we, I came out with the ending of the story. Mm. But it, again, is that I feel you know my my mother kept saying you know your grandmother had a very hard life, and she just kept saying that. And and my mother suffered as well in 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 the process of of what happened. She just kept saying that your grandmother had a very hard life. Mm. You know, like. I, I don't think that she feels any resentment, maybe just kind of sadness about it. Mm. But I, I do think a lot of Chinese readers will empathize. Uh, yeah, and I, and I think, you know, it's, it's interesting because you have tackled something that many families never tackle, which is actually trying to put down on paper or on computer things that are commonly talked about at, at family gatherings. But these are difficult things, very harrowing things. Very difficult, yeah. right? And And these are... You know, everyone has the fun stories about the uncle, the crazy uncle or aunt that did this or that thing. But that's just my family. <laughs> and that's in spades. In spades. Yeah. <laughs> but to 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 get to the heart of some of these more difficult things is, uh, you know, amazing. You know, Nick, you've been you've been a, a journalist for 15 years already. And, uh, you know, you, you've you've worked that side of communication and writing. Did that help you in any specific way to come to terms with how you would present these stories first of all how you'd ask the questions to get the answers uh and then how you'd actually you know put them pen to paper did that help oh uh definitely because the, i mean the process of putting the stories together was actually very similar to the process of journalism so hmm. you interview people you know you verify your facts and you come up with your lead your anger right so especially with with my mother and my aunt i was asking as many questions as i could in English, Chinese, and Teochew. <laughs> uh, and then there's another story called uh, The Other Family. So it's about a young girl who grew up seeing an, another family in her flat and no one could see them, only her. Uh, she's Malay. She had what they call uh, Benda Halus, which is like the site, right? So I, she told me about this a long time ago. And this is a true, true story. Yes, it's a true story. Yeah. So she told me about it a long time ago and I thought, wow, this is interesting. So when I started writing the book, I thought, you know what? Why don't I get more details from her? So I... I interviewed her as, as I would any other newsmaker. And she started talking about very specific incidents, very specific things that happened in her childhood. And I realized this isn't just uh, a child's uh, overactive imagination. You know? She really did see these things. She really did experience these things. So yeah, that process of gathering the facts, you know, crafting the narrative is very similar to journalism, except I can make things up. 
right? <laughs> if I try that in my day job, I'll get yeah. fired tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, that's the beauty of being a fiction writer, right? So you can invent things. You can come up with a, a happy ending, which very often doesn't happen in real life, or a at least a, a satisfa- satisfying ending, which again doesn't happen doesn't happen very often in real life. Is it confusing though to you and or the reader that you are blending fact with fiction in in you know some of your writing including this, this Not book, really right? because um, can we tell can we easily tell where where it's real and where it's not? Well, I mean that's you, part of the blurb, you, know, you can decide how true it is. Yeah. I, I, all I can say is that some stories are completely true, some are half true, some are kind of true, you know. So <laughs> so we talk you're talking about a family history. So there are a couple other family histories in there as well. So I, w- I would say this to anyone who, who's an aspiring writer. Start asking about your family stories. Start asking about family histories because mm. very often there's a rich seam of material to be tapped on that mm. they, you don't even know are, are there. Because I mean, just talking to different friends, you know, they start telling me things about their family and you go, whoa, this sounds mm. like a Netflix series, man. Mm. Or, you know, this could, this could be a, a, a 30-part <laughs> Korean drama, you know. Hundred mm, yeah. percent. I've been ripping off or, my family or, for twenty years. Or a Greek tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> in, in some cases. cases. In yes. almost, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's interesting. It's interesting though, because this is your third book now. Yeah. I think with Marshall Cameradis. I know you did the, the track faults and other glitches, yeah. short stories. I remember that. Great title. And then you did The Land of the Meat Munches, which was uh that was a great one, Glenn. That was a that was a zombie apocalypse set in the HDB Heartlands. <laughs> <laughs> so you kinda went short stories full-length uh, prose fiction, and then you've gone back to short stories. Is there any rhyme or reason, or is it just how you feel at the time? Short stories, long form. Is the next one going to be long form, or just however I, it takes you? Uh, I haven't thought about the next one yet. But, you know, I, I have to admit, as you would know, you know, writing a novel is really, really hard. I'm glad you say that, because I don't <laughs> get any respect from him. You know what I mean? Oh. It's because you write so many of them, I figure it must be easy. They must be rubbish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, go on, carry on. We're talking about yeah. you. So, yes. so writing a novel is, is, is really, really hard. It's certainly harder than writing a short story. Now, now, I'm not saying that writing short stories is easy, but what I do like about, about the short story format is that you can go across many different genres. You can tell many different tales. Mm. You can bring many different sets of characters. Whereas with a novel, you know, like, you know, like they always say, you need a narrative bible to keep mm. track of your characters. Correct. That is a lot harder to keep track of. Mm. I do still aspire to write a great novel, but that would take, it'll probably take several years to write it. Mm. This is, is it? my old man hat coming on and I will just say, don't aspire to write a great novel, just aspire to write a novel. <laughs> it, it's the great novel part that I think has let so much of our local publishing down. I'm going to get editorialised now. Don't try and write a great novel. Just try and write a novel and preferably a good one and let the greatness be decided by readers and uh, I think that's half of the mm. problems we have mm. here. But um, back on, no, I think you're selling yourself short on the short story part though because I actually find short stories take tremendous discipline tremendous discipline that even I don't I don't necessarily have myself Inspector Lowe was supposed to be a short story but then I found out very quickly I don't have the Easy. discipline easier to write a long story than a short story in some ways yeah. in some ways yeah. I, I think uh, you're right about the structure part but it takes a real discipline to write 10 good consistently high quality short stories the you know I have to say so with my editor for this book uh, Shireen Wong uh, I, I have to give her a lot of credit in helping to Helping him to be more disciplined in reining in the kind of the long-winded aspects of of my of my stories. I mean, like one thing she always emphasized was that you know it has to be short and sharp, mm. uh, has to be mem- memorable, uh, and it cannot go on for too long. 
So I think that really helped as well. I mean, I I was also asking friends for feedback who, who were very helpful, who would read it and tell me, you know, like, this doesn't work, that doesn't work, this is better, and, and so on. Yeah, that, that it, you're right, it does take a lot of discipline. Also, in terms of gathering the stories to write, one thing I started asking was, I was going around asking friends, tell me a true story about yourself or th- about your family. Mm. And that was the basis for quite a number of the stories. Like, So there is one story called uh, Ming Chao, which, is actually, which actually means how money. Okay. Yeah. So that also is based on an actual incident. Hmm. Now, the heart of it is that uh, a reporter is summoned to the Prime Minister's office with this unusual request. Now, that didn't happen to my friend, right? But the Did incident, it happen to you? Oh, no, no, not me. Not me. <laughs> uh, other weird things have happened to me. And maybe I'll write about them one day. But so, <laughs> I so, know some of them. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the point being that the incident that sparks this being called to the PMO in the story, that really happened in real life. Right, because she started telling me about it, and I was like, "Wow, this is insane!" And then I thought, "I'll take this and I'll run with it." I said, I'll, "You know, hey, what if somehow the prime minister is involved in the story, and somehow they take an interest in it? What could happen from there?" Right. So, you, you know, sometimes in journalism, now this doesn't happen in my workplace, but I, I've, <laughs> I've had that before, where you know, sometimes an editor might say, "Can you get him to say this?" Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yes, no, yes, yes, yeah, no, yes. no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so, but yes. anyway, the point being that, but with fiction, you can get the person to say this. Yeah. It's great, <laughs> isn't it? It's yeah, absolutely yeah. great. They give you the perfect lines. You yeah. can make them as smart as you want, as yeah. dumb as they want. It's yeah. the best. It's perfect. The best. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Nicholas Young, the author of Seven Sacks of Rice and Other Baggage, which is launching officially tomorrow. Tell us about the launch and where it's going to be, and if people can come and join. Yeah, of course, it's at. Book Bar is a new place that's just opened at 57 Duxton Road, happening at 3 p.m. So we'll be Tomorrow, there. Sunday? Yes, tomorrow, Sunday. And we'll be there for about an hour or so. You know, like, if you're free, come on by. I mean, uh, yeah. get a copy of the book. <laughs> I'll happily sign it and do, talk yeah, about writing. Do get down if you can. Support Singaporean authors. It's very, very important to me, and it should be to the industry anyway. Just give the address again. The address uh, again. 57 Duxton Road, Book Bar. Yeah. At, at what time? Uh, 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Okay. Great to have you with us today, Nick. We appreciate your time and good luck with the book. Hope it sells a million copies. Absolutely. I'm sure it will. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck tomorrow. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.